Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you'll be blessed and encouraged by today's message. Now here's this week's sermon. We're going to start off the the message. The title is Feeding Your Freedom. And one of the first points that we want to talk about is capturing your thoughts. As human beings, we have over 6,000 thoughts a day. Isn't that a lot of thoughts? I'd be thinking about a lot of things. You think about a lot of things? Like I said, it's a conversation. I'm looking at all of you. You guys think a lot? Yeah? Online, you guys thinking? Yep. Um, But we have a lot of thoughts. Some thoughts come easy. You don't even have to think twice. You just do, do, do. They come with decisions, decisions that are easy, decisions that are difficult. Um, But a verse I want to read to you is 2 Corinthians 10.5. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Amen? So these thoughts that come, they could be thoughts that are of your own, that are super joyful or maybe super negative. There's thoughts that come from God that you know that are aligning back with his will. They bring you back to scripture. And there's thoughts that come from the enemy that are spitting out straight lies to your mind. And we want to identify with you. We want to encourage you to identify what thoughts are going through your mind. Are they thoughts coming from Jesus? Are they your own thoughts? Or are they thoughts from the enemy? You know the lies that say that you're incapable and you're unworthy. The ones that say that you'll always struggle with depression and anxiety and that's your portion. You know those thoughts. Those are real thoughts. But church, we have to discern our thoughts. Discerning means ability to judge what is what. So if you have a thought that is, you know, his, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Amen. If a thought is saying, all these lies to you in the middle of the night or early in the morning or all throughout the day, you say, no, I cast that light out in the name of Jesus. That is not my portion. And you, if you even got to physically go like this, this, nope, that ain't my thought. I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. I'm capable. He calls me worthy. He is my friend. And you speak to those thoughts. And when we talk about feeding your freedom, you have to feed your freedom with the word of God. You'll only know how to speak truth if you're reading your word. You'll know what to declare over yourselves. When you're struggling, when you're going through it and you're getting prayer or you're not getting prayer, you're up and down everywhere. Like I said, I'm an overthinker. Sometimes my mind runs a thousand miles a minute. I'm like, what am I even thinking? Or I want to shut it off because that's sometimes easier. It's easy to put things off and not think about it either. But we have to recognize our thoughts. We have to recognize those feelings that bring that, those anxious thoughts. But you know what the Bible says? Do not be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. So when those anxious thoughts th- come, when those thoughts of depression comes, you recognize it. But you recognize who to surrender those thoughts to. There's a step two to this, church. You don't just dwell in those feelings and stay there. You say, no. I'm going to walk this out, and I'm going to submit these feelings to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. So good. You know, while she was speaking, I was thinking of the story of Cain and Abel. How does Cain, being the older brother, in his right mind think, I have to kill my younger brother? He must have not captured his thoughts. And you know, God being a good God, he warned him, hey, sin is at your doorstep. You need to master it, or it's going to master you. And so... Growing up in your relationship with God, you have to learn the discipline of capturing your thoughts. How do many of you know today that you're not a victim, but you're a victor in Christ? And so you have to realize today that what what am I feeding each thought? Because if you're feeding your thoughts with the word, with the messages, with worship, you're going to feed some good thoughts. You know, I I searched up how many podcasts there are out there in this 
2.5 million podcasts out there. That means that there is a podcast for every thought that you got, to feed anything that you want to think. And you have to be careful what you listen to, whether it's music or whether it's a podcast. Those uh, 2.5 million podcasts represents 30 million episodes. And normally an episode for a podcast is about an hour. So you have all the time in the world to feed those thoughts. And not just that, but there's over almost 100 million songs out there in the world today. You have to be careful what are you feeding. Are you going to feed your freedom or are you going to feed your thoughts? And you have to make sure that as someone that's a man of God, as someone that's a woman of God, because that's who you are, you have to make sure that, no, this thought's not going to, not going to overwhelm me today. I'm going to lead myself, not my feelings. Sometimes in the Bible, David would say, come on, soul, come on, body, praise the Lord. And you got to do that sometimes, and that's okay. Amen? And so for this second point that we got for you, first point was capturing your thoughts. Second point is about guarding your heart. Guarding your heart. Make sure you write this down. Guarding your heart. It says in Luke chapter 11, verse 34 and 36, your eye is a lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also is full of light. But when they are, are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. You have to make sure that you're guarding your heart. How do you do that? You have to make sure, I'm not just going to watch anything. I'm going to protect my sight. You know, the Bible holds your sight and your eyes in such high regard. Don't you think as Christians, as men, as women, we should kind of take it serious to protect our eyes? No, I'm not going to watch that show. I know everyone's into it. No, I'm not going to watch that movie because I I care more about my soul and I care more about my family. So I'm going to protect my eyes. What you expose your eyes to is one of the biggest things that could feed your flesh. Could feed that thought. The thought of comparison. The thought of lust. The thought of perversion. You have to be careful not to submit to those thoughts. What Pastor Ron loves to say is garbage in, garbage out. And here's the equation. What you, if garbage comes into your eyes, it will rest in your heart and your soul. And what did we learn last week? You out of the heart your mouth will speak. And so if you see curses all the time, your curses are going to flood your heart, going to flood your soul, and all you're going to do is speak curses over yourself, over your kids, over your marriage, over your job, over your finances, and you have to make sure that, hey, I'm going to take this discipline serious. I'm just going to start protecting my sight. When you protect your sight, you're protecting your freedom in Jesus Christ. And dare I say, not just your freedom in Jesus Christ, but the freedom for your marriage and the freedom for your kids. You know, the Bible talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, this is a picture of lust and perversion. I mean, you know, we live in a culture that is all about lust, whether it's sexual lust, whether it's lust of things, or whether it's getting more money, and it's also perverse. Divorce is okay. Whatever you want to be is okay. You got to be careful that your thoughts and what you're seeing doesn't feed those thoughts. You have to be careful. And so God decides to destroy the lust and perversion, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And in this town, there was a righteous man and a righteous family, Lot's family. God gave him one, as he was delivering them, he gave them one command. As I'm destroying this, as I'm freeing you of, of lust and perversion, make sure you keep your eyes on the prize. Make sure you keep your eyes on this new season. Make sure you keep walking straight. Don't turn back. Don't look back. 
The Bible says that Lot's wife was careless about her sight. And she looked back and she turned into a pillar of, of salt. Now, because she was careless with her sight, it made her become stuck. Even though that God was delivering her, even though God was freeing her and her family, because she looked back and because she was careless with her, her sight, she made herself become stuck in sin. And it's the same for you and yours. You want to be free? You got to be careful where your eyes lay. You want, you want, you want to... You want to make sure this doesn't get on your kids? Well, you better keep looking to the future. You better bring some vision into your household. I wonder how many of us today are delivered but still stuck. Are saved but still stuck. You know that 64% of Christian men say they watch porn at least once a month? Compared to non-Christian men that say only 65% of them. No wonder so many marriages are suffering in the world. No matter so many men can't just continue to grow in their freedom. No wonder they're stuck. They turn into that pillar of stone looking back. God says, focus on the new season I have for you. Focus on the new vision I have for you and your family. Focus on, on the new calling I put over you. Don't look back as I'm delivering you. Just keep your eyes forward on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. It says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart. Amen. So above all else, church, guard your eyes. Amen? Amen. And I just want to, again, just go back to Lot's wife looking back. I'm all for us walking in our journey and remembering all that God's done for us, or maybe looking back at some good things. But when you look back and you think, it was easier back then. It was more comfortable back then. It was, I don't got to commit. I don't got to tithe. I like it over here. I like it going back because I was comfortable. But like Davy said, she got stuck. And how many of us are stuck but saved and not really walking out what God has for us? Um, one of my favorite verses is in Ephesians 3.20. It says, God can do anything, you know, far more than you can ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. And that's Ephesians 3.20. I want to ask you, church, how you are walking out your freedom today. Are you walking it out just when you attend a service on a Sunday? Or just when you listen to that worship song in the car, that's when you feel free? Or when you get prayer? Or what makes you feel free? And do you think it's your true freedom? Or do you think God has more for you? He, it says far more than you can ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He's not going to force this on you. He's not going to force Christianity on you. He's not going to force a relationship with you. He is gentle. He is a father. It's up to you to decide, am I going to walk out my freedom? What is true freedom? And it's not easy. It's not a walk in the park either. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you got to speak to those things, those things that you see. Like I said, sometimes I personally like to shut down and not confront things. I'm stubborn. Sometimes I got a hard head. But God's teaching me, and I hope he's teaching all of us. You got to address what that is. What is it right in front of you that's keeping you stuck? That's keeping you where you're not meant to be. You're supposed to... You know, I'm so thankful I'm not where I once was. And I know you can say that, hey, I'm not where I was yesterday, but I know you want more for yourself. I know you want more for your family. I know you want more for your future. God has more for us. And in Legacy Youth, our, our tag is 
called to be more. And I believe that for each and every single person in this room, that you're called to be more and that you're supposed to walk out this freedom with a boldness, with a boldness saying, I am free. That's why I love when we sing that song, hell lost another one. I am free because we're declaring it that no demon in hell can take us down, that we are free, that our minds are free. And I can only speak on that because God has set me free from some things. Amen. When I was struggling depression and anxiety, and I was like, what the heck? I'm here again, Lord. I thought you did this. I thought you healed me from this. But it got brought up again. Oop, I'm getting emotional. (laughs) I'm a crier, so that's fine. Oh, thanks so much. But I'm a crier, so it's normal. But again, it's just a joy that comes out of me because when, again, I had to confront that depression. I had to confront that anxiety and be like, I thought you healed me from this when I was 15. Why is it back when I'm 24 years old? And it wasn't me being mad at God, but I was confused. And I said, God, you're not a God of confusion. I want to walk in my freedom. I want to feel free. But you have to be desperate, church. You have to be desperate, church. In the name of Jesus, you have to be desperate. If you want to walk out your freedom, you have to know that every lie of the enemy will not get you. That no demon in hell will not win. But it's not just once a week. And it's despite what it looks like, despite what you grew up living in, despite what your family's done, despite what your situation is right now, you say, God, I am free. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And you are in an atmosphere where there is freedom. So you're going to walk in it, church. In the name of Jesus. You got me sweating. (laughs) But God is good. Hey, church, that's why I married her. That's why I married her, church. That's why I knew it was real. Come on, now. I'm going to turn off my mic now. (laughs) But one thing I also want to talk about in in walking in your freedom, there's this saying that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I believe this statement is true not just with friendships, but it's with bank statements. It's with receipts. It's with text messages. It's with browser history. Show me it and I will show you your future. And you got to present these things to the Lord and say, God, I surrender this to you. You can be in church on a Sunday. You can listen to worship. You can think good things. But to truly, truly walk out your freedom, you can surround yourself with it. But you have to surrender it to God. You have to give it to God. That's when you see things shift. It's not just a once a week type of freedom. It's an everyday. And I believe it for you, church, that you are called to be more and called to walk in this freedom. Because true freedom brings joy brings joy brings joy and I know in the times that we live in it's a lot of dark stuff we see it's a lot of hurt that's in the that's in the world but we can lean on a father who loves us and is with us and it draws close to us amen amen come on that's so good that's so good (laughs) a year later and she still leaves me speechless crazy Hey, brownie points, yay. <laughs> you know, the, what we're really trying to get here is this last point, where it's surrender your surroundings. Point one, capture your thoughts. Point two, uh, sorry, <laughs> guarding your heart. And the last point, surrender your surroundings. Surrender your surroundings. Your freedom in Jesus Christ, write this down, freedom in Jesus 
demands a change of your surroundings. It demands it. It demands it. Freedom in Jesus demands a change or surrendering of your surroundings. It demands it. You think your freedom can just grow in any place, in any atmosphere, with any attitude? No, it demands a change. It demands a change of thought. It demands a change of heart. And it demands a change of the people around you. You know, if you want to lose weight, okay, I hope you're just not around McDonald's all the time. Would you think, would you think being around Burger King or Wendy's? Come on, I'm a Wendy's guy. Anyone else? Oh, Chick-fil-A out there? Who's Chick-fil-A? Come on, Chick-fil-A's from Jesus. But listen, if you are around Chick-fil-A all the time, chances are you're not going to lose and reach the goal of weight that you want to reach. Same if you just got saved today or last week and you felt like God delivered you from alcoholism. But if you start hanging around and going around town, bar to bar to bar, chances are your freedom won't grow that much. Chances are you won't experience your freedom five years from now. Freedom in Jesus demands a change. And, and, and God being so good, he leaves it on you to make those daily choices. You know, Jesus knew this when he was here on earth. He knew in order for death to turn to life, I need the right atmosphere. I need the right people around me. I need the right faith. You look at the story in, in Luke chapter 5, verse 38. This is a story where Jesus is, is, is healing and, and, and re- resurrecting this dead little girl. Imagine this. Imagine this. Right? So it's starting in verse 38. When they came to the, ho- to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a, a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went, he went in and said to them, why, are all this, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep, but they laughed at him after he pulled them all out. See, that's what you got to do. This little girl represents your freedom. And there may be people around you. There may be coworkers or even family members that says, come on, man, we know you. You're still going to come around to this. You're still going to drink. You're still going to smoke. I know who you really are. And sometimes you got to kick them out, kick them out of your, your life for a, for a season in order to have your freedom grow a little bit. So to continue on the story, after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the, and the disciples who were with him and, and went in where the child was. So he got the right people around him. Your, your freedom, it needs, it needs the right faith. It needs some Bible-believing people. And best believe that's why we stress joining a crew, being a part of the church, because your freedom needs it. Your freedom needs it. And so he took her by the hand and said to her, Dalita kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At, at this, they were completely astonished. Yeah. Your freedom needs as much faith as possible. Amen. It needs the right atmosphere. Yeah. You know, Jesus saved you. But in order for you, you know, the, 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 the enemy will have you think that your true freedom will just come in heaven. Wow. You know, that's a lie. Jesus came to save you, not just for heaven, but to make your life better here on earth. He came not just to you to be transformed when you reach him in heaven. No, he came down to transform you right now. 
He wants to heal your life. He wants to make your heart new. He wants to give you and your family a new living situation. You think arguing for your family is just your portion? It's not. God wants to restore it. And so I'll never forget this. My dad gave me a book called The Burden of Freedom. And The Burden of Freedom is by an author named uh, uh, Miles Monroe. And he's a pastor. And he talked about the burden of freedom. That Jesus saves you, right? Jesus said in the Bible that, that his burden is light and his yoke is easy. Well, what is this burden? It's the burden of freedom. And so he says, the burden of freedom is the responsibility and the discipline of nurturing your own freedom in Christ. You think it's up to pastor? Come on, it's not up to him. And I hope, I hope that, that you dial in and start growing your freedom, that it doesn't just happen on a Sunday. It doesn't just happen when it's Easter or Christmas, or it doesn't just happen when the church says, hey, we're going to pray and fast. I hope you put it on yourself to say, hey, this Monday in the morning, I'm going to dial in. And I'm going to make sure to cut off what needs to be cut off from my life so that my freedom can start growing again. I've seen it too many times that people saved but stuck for 10 years. I've seen it too many times where they were saved but didn't want to change their life. And they're wondering why their situation hasn't changed. Let that not be you, you or your, your family or your kids. You know, I, I was addicted for 10 years. I was addicted for 10 years of my life. And once I finally realized I need to trust the Lord to grow my freedom again, I need to make daily decisions that will grow my freedom. Guess what God gave me? He gave me freedom and a wife. And I thank God every day. And when I got married, one of the things I thought about was, I wish I fought earlier for this. You can fight today, church, for your freedom. I want to give you ways to feed your freedom. Ways to feed your freedom. First one is the word. The word. Why do you have to read this 2,000-year-old book? Because it's the foundation of our freedom and faith. If you don't know the word, you will easily lose and your freedom will easily be shaken. Point number two, the Holy Spirit. Why the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? You need to get to know the Spirit of God. You need to learn how to invite him into into your space, into your house, into your kid's room, into your room, into your job. Why? The Spirit is the power of your freedom. It's the backbone of your freedom. And third is Jesus. Jesus is the lifeblood and the author of our freedom and faith. I hope that you get to know Jesus today and this morning. The worship team could come up, please. Jesus is ready to make something new in you. And for you to, for you to experience that, you need to call him by his name. By the blood, by Jesus Christ, may this thought get away from me. May it get away from my kids. Jesus is the lifeblood of our, of our freedom. And lastly, you need a Bible-believing, Spirit-filled church. Come on, say amen, church. There's not many of those around. You need a Bible-believing, Spirit-filled church that's not afraid to provide a space for you and your kids, for your freedom to grow. 
Come on, we're not in the business of just one generation, but we want a multi-generational thing. Why do you think we call this church Legacy Church? Because Jesus is in the business of writing you a new legacy, writing your kids a new legacy, and you gotta be willing to fight for that freedom. When you do these four things, all this makes your freedom flourish. Now, I love Pastor Steve. He says, some Christians barely survive, and then some thrive. Which one do you want to be today? Which one do you want for your kids? Which one do you want for your, for your marriage? Do you want a marriage that's barely surviving, or do you want a marriage that's thriving? Do you want that to be on your kids? Do you want your kids' marriage to be barely surviving? Or do you want your kids' marriage to be filled with the Spirit of God? For their own household to be filled with joy. Amen. See, this, this freedom, this growth is not just for you. It's for your kids. Don't you want to fight for them? Don't you want to fight for your marriage? Don't you want this easy burden of Jesus Christ? This easy yoke of Jesus Christ to beat on them as well? If so, fight today, church. Fight today. Be willing to allow your freedom to grow again. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. It helps so much. For more content from Legacy and to connect with us, go to LegacyChurchRI.com. And remember, the best is yet to come.